The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a film critic for Crave Online, and everyone calls me Bibs. That was very forceful. I'm trying. Good job. I was sick earlier, oh. so now I'm trying to you're, now I'm trying to like force it out of my body. Mm. All of the illness, all of the unrest, all of the meh, and just meh, and then go meh. <laughs> so it's not so much eh, but more eh. Uh, uh, uh. uh. Turkey, uh, Turkey Club. Uh. <laughs> Who are you? My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm the one talking about Turkey Clubs. I'm we also got the sillies uh, today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> sillies are great. I'm a film critic of some sort. I write for Crave Online. Uh, I reviewed two films for Crave Online today. You did. I uh, I also write for Legion of Leia and Nerdist. And uh, I have written for many venues in the past. That's right. You're, and it you're, is to be hoped in the future as well. You're uh, you're an everyman, man's man, man about town. I am, yes, every one of those men. <laughs> I, I am many men. I'm large. I contain multitudes. Uh, this week on Cancel Too Soon, we're, we're uh, doing the winner of our latest poll, which was a tie. So next week we're also doing the winner of our latest poll. <laughs> uh, and I'm really, really excited to talk to you about this show. But before we get into one of the cooler shows, in my mm. estimation, anyway, we, we've well, ever one, done. One of the more daring and, uh, and creatively ambitious yeah, programs gonna, we've had. It's going to be really fun to talk about this mm. one. Uh, before we do that, uh, Whitney, yes. congratulations on winning your first Schmodown. Oh, thank you. That, that That's right. I can talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we actually we, recorded that a while back. Yeah. Um, because of the, because of the complexities of getting everyone in the same room at the same time, mm. sorry to, to tell you the sausage gets made. Sometimes the Schmodowns aren't recorded live. Mm. So, uh, we've been sitting on our victory for a bit and we've been champing at the bit as everyone's <laughs> just like, oh, maybe we should underestimate them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But we can't say, you know, you, you can mm. underestimate me all you like. Yeah, uh, the Schmodown, for those of you who, who didn't hear our last episode when we talked about it, is a movie trivia game show on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, in which uh, they combine movie trivia questions with the sort of backstage melodramatic infighting of wrestling. And yep. Whitney and I played together and we kicked butt. We kicked, we kicked quite a bit about it. I, I got every question right in round one. So That's right. That, and you got the bonus question for that. I even, I even answered the bonus question correctly. So the good, bonus good question has me eluded there. me. I've gotten to the bonus question a bunch of times. Right. But then the bonus question is like, ah, oh, what year did Caddy? Shack come out. That was 83. 82. Uh, uh, 80. 80, damn. See, like oh, the, see, I release wrong. dates are kind of tricky, yeah, okay. really, because like, you can get the generally right, but just be off by a well, year. Well, anything between like 1988... And 2001, I'm good. I, 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 can, I can probably even list you like months and maybe even days and on, on all of those Well, because movies, those are the times yeah. when we were going to going movies. Going to movies most frequently, can, yeah. When we can associate, oh, I, that, I was working at Hollywood Video when that came out, so yeah, that must have been 2003, <laughs> like that kind of thing. We're good. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's complicated. Um, our second round was a little difficult. 
So, well, you know, we, we got uh, the, we got cocky. I think we chose a category that's not really within our wheelhouse. Well, so. it's within our wheelhouse. The problem is that we chose a category, and the second uh, uh, category, the Schmodown. I know everyone who doesn't watch the Schmodown is loving this segment. But oh, yeah, you care, guys don't way. care about the Schmodown. But for those, down, you can skip ahead a minute. It, it, um, movie trivia round one. They just sort fun. of answer your questions as individuals. You answer them, you get yeah. points. Round uh, two, you have to answer them all in one category, and you spin a wheel that randomizes it. And we got uh, new releases, which usually in the, all the times I've watched the show isn't that difficult. But the problem with new releases is twofold. One, uh, you haven't like been sitting with those movies mm. your whole life the way you have a lot you of just other have categories. To remember the last year really sharply, and, and you can't and, always do that. And also, uh, you know, sometimes the stuff that happens in a new movie it doesn't seem like the important thing to remember yet. Mm. You know, like uh, your question for Ferris Bueller was how many times was Ferris mm. Bueller absent from school that year, and they That's repeat a, it over and over again. Nine. Yeah, times. They say it three times in the scene. So yeah, so it and sticks play, and, with you. And it's a movie I watched a, a lot actually as a kid. So I, yeah. I just would remember that. And we both watched, uh, for example, one of the questions that came up was for Ten Cloverfield Lane. We both watched that movie, but we didn't remember what beverage he froze. <laughs> like I. Yeah, <laughs> It's a little specific. I remember, okay. I remember she threw a phallic object into a giant space vagina. That's Ooh, <laughs> metaphors. Um, so uh, we kicked butt, and we're going to try to keep kicking butt again. And we have another match coming up real soon, actually. Yeah. So stay tuned. If, yeah. if you like hearing our voices and you want to see more of our voices, you want to see our voices, want to see what we actually look like, then yeah, you can tune into Collider Network's the Schmo, the movie trivia Schmodown. That's right. Or you can also uh, subscribe on Patreon, where we do exclusive of videos. That's right. Just for the people who subscribe on Patreon. Um, and then you can see what we look like there. That's right. We do and that's uh, where TV the... recommendations and we have video polls and all kinds of And, and that's stuff. where this poll came from that we're going to be addressing now. Yeah. So no, you can go to patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Uh, there's another poll that's running right now. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the poll for what episode should we do in the month of July, it was a tie between two different shows. Mm-hmm. One we'll do next week, one we'll do this week. Uh, which is, we're not going to let you do that to us every time. <laughs> we, we, we do have plans. There was a cool show we, we were going to do that we can't People donate do a lot of DVDs to us, and we're, we're just putting them off all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, uh, it's your fault this time. Uh, <laughs> but you, you picked a really, really, really cool show. Uh, it is not just one show. It is one show with three shows in it, <laughs> all of them modeled after the old classic short movie serials that used to play before feature films in the 1930s and 40s and 50s. So they're very short, they're very punchy, and they always end on a killer cliffhanger. Mm. This show is called Cliffhangers. Three of your favorite serials. Three brand new chapters. The amazing escapes. Cliffhangers. Three new chapters filled with menace. Surprises. Romance. Death-defying action. Astonishing adventures into the unknown. And just when all looks hopeless against impossible odds, the thrill of the rescue. Cliffhangers. 
cliffhangers. That's, that's cliffhangers with an exclamation point. And sometimes it looks like they spell like it's the, two different words. Like cliffhangers. Uh, 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 cliffhanger is is one word, but the on, show makes it the look like show two. it says cliff on one line and hangers on the next. Uh, so yeah, this was an ambitious show from the creator of uh, V. The miniseries, not the TV series. Yeah. He left by the TV series. He also created The Bionic Woman. Yeah, his name he, is uh, Kevin Kenneth Johnson. Yeah, he created the TV version of The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who like not-so-good movies, mm-hmm. he did two feature films, including Short Circuit 2, <laughs> Ixne Uye Ozobe, uh-huh. and the Shaquille O'Neal superhero movie Steel. Ooh. Those are great movies. You know what? I will I will say that Short Circuit 2 has some fun qualities. I, Steel sucks. I did see Short Circuit 2 in theaters just because Short Circuit was my jam when it, it came a, out in 1986. Short Circuit was a huge hit when it came yeah, out. It yeah, was a big I, deal. I watched it several times in theaters in 1986. And the first one's still but, pretty uh, good. For, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's fine. But yeah, this was a, a narratively ambitious project. As you said, it was three shows in one. Um, the three shows were... The Curse of Dracula, which was a, uh, the horror-slash-romance series. And it was also, uh, near as I can tell, is yeah. the first televised, serialized, ongoing, televised mm. version of Dracula in America. Okay. And maybe one of the first overall. I've mm. heard someone tell me that there's an Argentinian version that precedes it. Right. But before this, there were Dracula TV movies and TV miniseries, but a TV show About just with Dracula, Dracula as the main character? This was new? Uh, I, I cannot refute that. Um... And this was before Dracula the series, which was Canadian anyway. Yeah. Uh, then there was The Secret Empire, which was the Western slash science fiction one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I didn't know this until uh, uh, I did a little research, but um, that's based off of a Gene Autry movie serial called The Phantom Empire. Oh, no kidding. Which was about a okay. singing cowboy who Gene discovers... Gene Autry, yeah. yeah. Gene Autry. And it's like his first lead role, who discovers that underneath his ranch, there is a secret futuristic society. Okay. And it, gets, gets, it turns into a lot of wacky, weird intrigue. Mm. So I didn't know that one was actually based on anything. And then there was the just sort of uh, pl- plucky reporter international conspiracy intrigue series, Stop Susan Williams. Yes, which is uh, sort each... of based off of The Perils of Pauline, which was a yeah, silent yeah, yeah. film series. Uh, so... Uh, Stop so we're, we're kind of covering the gamut yeah. of the genres that was typically covered by these old theatrical serials uh, from mostly from the 1930s. Yeah. These are the things that kind of led to Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So you mm-hmm. kind of have the vocabulary in your mind somewhere. And I'm pretty sure uh, that the popularity of Star Wars, which had come out two years yeah, prior, sure, surely sure, laid the groundwork for cliffhangers. Because I don't know if you could have in, made this in prime time, you, maybe as a kid's show. But in prime time, I don't know if you could have done this before yeah, Star Wars came out. Because this came out in 1979, so uh, yeah. this was before The Empire Strikes Back. Even uh, let's do a little bit of a little bit of uh, history here. Uh, Cliffhangers uh, debuted on February 27th, 1979, and it continued until May 1st, 1979, on NBC. It there were 11 episodes in the series. Only 10 of them aired in America. The last episode ended up airing in Europe. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we were able to track that down. Uh, well, which uh, is really frustrating because only one of the three series concluded in the American broadcast. And by the very the nature other of the series, two... and by the very nature of the series, the other two ended on cliffhangers. Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> 
Um, and the, if you want to know real fast, even because we're we're I'm about to I'm about to give some, some cliffhanger some love. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to know why this show failed, right. maybe it had something to do with its weird concept. Maybe it had something to do with its uh, ambition, the fact that there was nothing like it. But it probably had more to do with the fact that it always aired opposite Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley when those were the number one and number two television series on TV. And again, there were only three channels. There are only three channels. <laughs> so there wasn't. Well, also consider that this was a show that they had to produce three shows simultaneously. Each chap, each uh, segment was sixteen minutes long, and it covered with commercial breaks a one-hour segment. And these are so not cheap like, shows. Uh, no, no. And these, these like they had actual like sets, a different cast for each. They had mm. the same. They had different writers and different crews working on each visual one. effects, different um, locations. I mean, yeah, a lot of it was shot on a backlot, mm. but this wasn't just like Doctor Who where you put a different rock in the background. Mm. They put some money in this, at least for and a TV series. It would have been fun to see the same cast as different roles in each one, but no, this this was really, really ambitious. They were really trying to capture this old school type of entertainment wherein the adventure and the characters and the stories were able to be easily consumed in short bits. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. It was uh, actually a really innovative way to get a a good adventure story going in several different genres without having to bog down the story with an hour's worth of material when only 16 minutes was really needed. Yeah. Now, uh, to be to be clear here, uh, mm-hmm. this was there were a lot of anthology type shows, and there were a lot of like movies of the week, and mm-hmm. a lot of those were kind of being treated as backdoor pilots. For example, you had a show like Love American Style, which gave birth to its own sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea was that any of these shows were successful, they could potentially become be turned into a uh, series. That did not happen. No, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall uh, when <laughs> this one got pitched because. This was around the time the Hulk was was on. Mm. So Kenneth Johnson was kind of a powerhouse. He probably could have had some leeway. I'm guessing it, this was like a dream project of his. It, yeah, you can yeah. feel the passion in it. And for me, I'm thinking as an executive. Mm. So what you're telling me is that for the price of three expensive TV shows, we can have one show. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Why are we doing this? Like uh, Kenneth Johnson, okay, well, you, you were right about the Hulk. Uh, I didn't think spraying Lou Ferrigno green and throwing him through walls was going to be a national sensation. You were right. <laughs> you were right about that one, Kenneth Johnson. So let's see what you got. Mm. And what we had were three shows. And it's a little tricky and to... The, yeah. the first few episodes, air, like they didn't always air necessarily in the same order. And I wish they had randomized them throughout the course of the series, the three different segments. I was imagining... Because uh, I think it's episode... Four to the end, it was first to Dracula, then Secret Empire, then Stop Susan Williams. Secret Empire was uh, always in the middle. The first four yeah. episodes or so it was Stop Susan Williams, Secret Empire, and then Curse of Dracula. Yeah. I and it would have actually have behooved them to mix up the order because if your favorite segment aired randomly, you would have to sit through the other two segments or potentially the other two segments before they got to your favorite one. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is if you have one favorite segment. Mm-hmm. And you plan your time around your favorite TV shows, which you had to do back then, mm-hmm. and they mixed it up, you might be pissed. Well, if, if it's a one-hour program, you just set out that entire block well, of time. The other thing I was and able to do the is... the other um, two shows weren't so... Like, the shows were similar enough in tone, because they were all cliffhangers, they all had to be kind of punchy, mm-hmm. and they were all paced similarly, Dracula notwithstanding. Dracula's, uh, Dracula's the odd one out yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, that you could easily consume those other two while waiting for your 
your favorite one. That that may be the case. I mean, but people again, will watch the show preceding their favorite show, even if they're not into the first show, just because okay. they're waiting for their favorite. Let show me put it start. this way: again, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley are the number one and number two shows on television. Mm-hmm. Let's say you watch Happy Days, but you're not the biggest fan of Laverne and Shirley, and oh, cool! Mm-hmm. After Laverne and Shirley, uh, Curse of Dracula is on. Okay. Awesome. Uh, during Laverne and Shirley, Curse of Dracula is on, so you can just change the tale. Mm-hmm. And then they move Curse of Dracula, and then you missed it. Oh, and it's well. cliffhangers, and it's really fast paced, oh. and it's hard to catch up again. It's weird. <laughs> they always and they always spend a lot of time catching up, like showing you scenes from last week's episode. Well, I mean that's that is how those old theatrical serials work. I know. I'm just yeah. explaining how it works. To anyone who isn't familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> 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 Um, talking about the show is a little tricky because normally we go through every episode of the television series. Um, that would probably be a little unwieldy to just do like one third mm. of a show over well, and over again. So we're going to do, we're going to do each let's do the version, ar- the, each, arc, each, the arc of each segment within cliffhangers. Which so, one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Dracula. Okay. Uh, I, I liked Dracula the best. Um, also another gimmick of the show was just like they kind of eventually retconned mm. with Star Wars, uh, they didn't start you with episode one of any of these. Oh my god, uh, that confused the hell out of me. <laughs> so we got, I got this disc and I put it in my DVD player and I see that it starts with Stop Susan Williams Chapter 2, mm. uh, The Secret Empire Chapter 3, and, and Curse Dr- of Dracula well, chapter, chapter 8? Chapter 6. 6. The first, uh, yeah, the first, so the yeah. first chapter of Dracula was Chapter 6. Now hang, that, on, hang on, hang okay. on. Let me finish my story. So I'm freaked out because I thought, <laughs> oh God, all these episodes must be out of order, like on those shitty TV shows when they just put them in the wrong order, like in Earth 2. Mm. So I went through every single episode, the opening of it, just to check and see, and it turns out, yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah. And that's another thing I can imagine maybe being a little too high concept for people at home. Maybe so, and I assumed when I saw that we weren't starting with episode one, one, that they were going to do something even more high concept and air the chapters completely jumbled up. So you would see the end of the story, and then three weeks later, you'd see three chapters earlier, and eventually you'd have to all connect it together. And they'd try to kind of like memento the drama, so it's still kind of rose Probably and fell a little much. A little bit, but Probably yeah, that, that would be far, especially when you're dealing with three of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dracula stars Michael Nori as uh, who you may Dracula. Recall, Michael Nori, you may recall from Flashdance. The Hidden and the Cancel Lucian series Bay City Blues. Mm-hmm. The other two protagonists are Kurt Van Helsing, uh-huh. played by Steven Johnson from the sitcom Down to Earth, and the very bad spy movie Angel of Heat, which has a very good theme song. <laughs> You'll be an angel of heat to me. You'll be an angel of heat. Don't know what the fuck that means. Good job. And uh, Mary Gibbons, who is the, uh, uh, you know, the Winona Ryder role. Uh, <laughs> she's played by Carol Baxter, who did not have an illustrious career, but the, uh, did star in a movie called Pelvis. The uh, Mina. The Mina role, yes. Yeah. The woman who not is Lucy. clearly... Yeah, Mina. The woman who is clearly the protagonist, but who is tempted by Dracula yeah. into uh, uh, into darkness. And, and, into, uh, so... Yeah. This one is, uh, we're going to start with the odd man out because this one's actually kind of slowly paced. It's really talky and it's really kind of romantically bent because it's, very it's, it's yeah, it's, it's about, not about uh, Van Helsing's quest to kill Dracula. That's kind of the subplot. He's actually like the third lead. Yeah, it's actually about how uh, the Mina character is trying really hard to track down and kill Dracula because Dracula killed her mother. Yes. And 
in so doing, Dracula is... We, we get to see his private life. He's writing a journal. Yeah, he's narrating and, it. It's his diary. And, and he has, uh, even has like a gold-embossed diary uh, that he keeps in a secret chamber. Yeah, in, the la- in the last episode, we see it rise up out of the ground. And but it the, has like a date on it. Like, he's had this diary for 400 years, and he hasn't finished it. And I'm like, my wife has journals. She burns through them faster than that, Dracula. You should, <laughs> should keep that up. But it's just, it looks like it was made at a, at a stationary store. It looks gorgeous. It looks like, you know, at the beginning beginning of a kid's movie like Babe you know that book or, mag- or Sleeping Beauty you know that magic book it's like got gold leaf on it opens yeah, up and the story great. takes place inside um but Dracula is bored of immortality mm-hmm. he moonlights as a professor uh, which is really great a professor of history and he's been there so he yeah. actually gives great speeches about <laughs> all these details that he couldn't possibly know uh, it's great uh and he sees in Mina a potential new mate her name's and, Mary in the show. Mary. But, yeah. Sorry, the Mina Westernot yeah. character. but uh, not, Or Lucy was Westernot. The Mina yeah. character. Some adaptations uh, mix those two up. Yeah. Just for funsies. <laughs> sure, her, her name is Mary Gibbons in the show for okay. some reason. Mary Gibbons. Uh, is, and, you know, she, even though she's tracking him down and hates Dracula, Dracula is essentially trying to talk her rather convincingly into letting all that go and just sort of entering the night. And... Yeah. She is kind of convinced over the course of the episodes uh, to she doesn't ever like really stop hating him, but kind of starts seeing his point a little bit. Yeah. And that's actually something that's really difficult to do in a horror story and a vampire story in particular. You know, vampires, the idea of a vampire is they live for hundreds of years, mm. but they only live half lives. They can't go out in the night. They're or always... Can't go out in the day. That's right. They can't go out in the day. Their uh, their weaknesses are so powerful that they live kind of in fear a lot mm. of the time. Um, and whether or not they embrace it, they have to live off human beings. And mm. that keeps them on the outs of society and it makes them very, very lonely. This idea is often very academic. And a lot of vampire stories kind of gloss over it. Mm. Curse of Dracula, this is what it's about. <laughs> Michael Nori, who I gotta tell you, I've seen Michael Nori in a lot of stuff. Mm. This is like his best performance I've ever seen. He's a really good Dracula. I'm, I'm thinking of Dudemar from Dracula the series and thinking what a joke that guy is compared to Michael Nori. He was doing a different version it's, of Dracula. He was I doing understand. a funnier version of Dracula. Michael Nori is doing like the Frank Langella Dracula, like mm. a really sexy, <laughs> classy, thoughtful, lonely Dracula. And it is to the show's enormous credit that it is punchy. Again, these are 16-minute segments mm. that always end with someone in peril. Yeah. And yet the middle bits are always a conversation with essentially the devil about the devil trying to seduce the protagonist. And yeah, you see his point. But he talks about how lonely he is, but also how powerful he is and how only he truly lives. And, and it's not seduction in the Frank Langello or the Bela Lugosi, like this sort of exotic, sexy Eastern <laughs> European who's going to seduce. And yes, I did say Bela Lugosi is sexy. I think that's one of his selling points. Uh, and the first um, one? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super sexy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he's no Max Shrek, but... Uh, <laughs> Who was? <laughs> Maybe Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's not, yeah, he's not trying to sort of overwhelm her with sex. He's just, uh, he he's smart, she's smart, and he understands that he has to appeal to her intellect. 
And the conversations are actually really smartly written. Yeah, it's only logical Mm. to want to be a vampire. And there are downsides to it, but we'll be together Mm. and we'll have each other and I won't be lonely and you'll never know what that's like. Mm. Um, So he's not trying to say, and I'm going to, you know, move you into the eternal bone zone. He just says, we'll live together. We'll have each other. We'll be equals in this interesting way. And she longs for that. She longs for an equal because that Van Helsing guy is just a stuffed shirt. He's, he's, he's nothing. She doesn't have her mom in the picture anymore mm. until later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It, no, it works. It works. And, and there's another supporting character who I guess is the Lucy character who had previous, like the lover who's on the outs. Oh, Antoinette. Antoinette. Who is one of his minions. One of the, uh, you know, whenever you do a vampire story, you get to sort of pick and choose what rules you're going to follow. Mm. And one of the things they have is um, you need to sleep in a, in a coffin with your native soil. Yeah. And so there's this uh, mechanic that they use where Van Helsing is trying to track down the 20 coffins. Somehow he knows that there are 20 mm. in the San Francisco area that <laughs> he has hidden and, uh, you know, as a safety precaution. Mm. Um, and they're slowly every couple episodes they destroy another one and it's like the clock is ticking for Dracula. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of cool. But the other thing they do is they say that um, in order to become a vampire, he has to bite you three different times. Yeah. But it works on one level because it becomes more of a slow seduction. It's not just, can I bite your neck? Hmm. I have to actually lure you. But... Well, also, you, you you have to make this an active decision. You have to keep on going back. It's but, like the five-day waiting period before you get a gun. But the irony is, uh, is uh, and I, it's this might be tragic for Dracula, or just could be uh, just proof of how evil he is. Mm. Every time he bites you, the more under his thrall mm. you become, to the point where they actually have to do... And this plays real, real great. A vampire detox where <laughs> Mary is trapped in like the tower of a convent and they're just trying to make sure she sees sunlight and they inject mm-hmm. her with holy water just so that she can like, you know, purge all of Dracula's venom out of her body and think clearly for a change. <laughs> because even if he is making a point and the audience mm-hmm. can see that, we can also see that, that she's, she's not behavior. thinking clearly. No, yeah. she is not. And that's really cool because it's insidious evil. It's not cartoonish mm. evil. It's real evil yeah, and it's, that you believe. Mm. That's cool. The, the, I always pr- prefer the evil, like the, the demonic characters from horror movies and, and horror stories to operate in mm. sort of a devil-like fashion in that they're not going to merely commit evil. And they're not going to, like, infect you so that you commit evil against your own will. Mm. They just sort of plant a few seeds and you get to choose to do evil. They just convince they you. Convince, they don't force yeah. you. They convince They convince you. you to do evil. So it's kind of on you. That's really hard to sell. It's, it's hard it's to... It's hard s- to write. It's hard to sell. It's hard to write. And when it's even when it's done, it's usually done really cheaply. Yeah. Well, there are so few films that can do it. Right? The, the, the most notable example... It's actually really dumb and kind of lurid. Is that film, The Devil's Advocate? Yeah, it's, it's a, that one's just that one's not that one's not like um, it's not, that one's not convincing. It's just punching you until you just are evil. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. just just it's, punching you with sexiness. It's it's really enjoying to watch, and you feel like yeah. you should be masturbating. But <laughs> it's very lurid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very just just a sleazy thing. Um, so the story continues apace. Uh, there are cliffhangers like Kurt Van Helsing's uh, breaks are gone and mm. uh, Mary's about to be bitten by Dracula. There's cliffhangers like Kurt is actually hanging from a coffin. They're yeah. going to fall onto <laughs> sharp coffins or something. Like, it's hard to yeah, tell. They're, 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 sadly, the uh, 
the version we saw of this was dubbed from an old VHS, so the image wasn't all that clear, so I couldn't really tell what was happening. Shout Factory needs to be time. on this. Yeah, Shout, Shout Factory, Factory needs to, needs to find this, this show and restore this show, because this show needs to be seen. Yeah. Um, my favorite one mm. is when Dracula's other minion, Antoinette, who just wants Dracula for herself, and Dracula, for whatever reason, is just doesn't. He's not stopping her. Mm. Like he's just like Antoinette. I could kill you and stop all of this, but it's late. Like he just can't be bothered. <laughs> she 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 sees Mary with Dracula, and she's fuming with jealousy. Mm. And she takes Dracula's hellhounds, who are named Othello and Desdemona. Isn't that cute? There's a cute bit where Dracula wakes up from his coffin, like, and, yeah. and the dogs are there. And it's like, oh, it is good to have people who miss me. And you believe he means it? Like, he just <laughs> loves those dogs? So the dogs chase Mary. She runs into a phone booth. Remember those? Mm. And the dogs are breaking in through the glass, and it's really kind of scary. They and then knock the it dog, over, yeah. The dogs knock the thing over, and that's a cool cliffhanger. It's like, dude, I've actually never seen that before. And then it always... I think the, I saw something like that in a Batman episode. Well, I saw but, that yeah. in The Blob, but it was a different kind mm. of contest, you know? And the, the, the ending of that cliffhanger was kind of fun because Dracula runs in, lifts the phone booth with one hand... <laughs> It just yanks it away, and it's a cool effect. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the the uh, I'm glad it's not really effects driven, and I'm glad it's not horror driven because you can't really do a horror serial kind of like this. Not 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 fast paced, punchy. You can't. Given the the way modern films work, just in 2017, everything's just turned into an action film. Doesn't matter what the genre is. Yeah. It's all it's all action films. They all move like action films. They're all that goddamn hero's journey crap, and. Uh, this kind of finds the right place where a Dracula series would need to be. It's about his torture and her seduction and the tale therein. Yeah, um, that's what Dracula was always and, about. And if, really, yeah. Dracula's a tragic figure. And uh, and also, he's a monster, but he's and, a tragic figure. And also, one of the big points of Dra- the original Bram Stoker novel is that you cannot be hurt by Dracula unless you invite him in. Yeah. So it, it is about this woman's moral dilemma she knows what he is she wants to invite him in and she doesn't just know what she is she's mm. like hunting him she's fully <laughs> conscious mm. and it's 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 actually kind of sexy actually just that level flirting with the dark side mm. um the plot really kicks in when there is a mysterious other woman who shows up and starts helping van helsing and it turns out that it's mary's mom mm. dracula didn't kill her but vampired her it looked like he killed her but she ran away ashamed because it turns out after he bites you that third time and you're full vampire you get your free will back and Mm. she was horrified at what had happened Mm. and that's also really good pathos and that leads (laughs) to this great bit and there's this wonderful scene where she meets the mother and has a steak and what does she do you know yeah no she has to do it and the mom is actually encouraging it like like, in order to purge Dracula from your own soul you need to kill me and that's what I need too and she can't Mm. do it it's a good scene uh, she goes, so she's helping Mary and Kurt, uh, mm. and then she goes to Dracula and she tells Dracula that she's betraying them too. And at first I'm like, okay, she's, she's, she's evil. That's kind of cool. But then it turns out that she is actually luring Dracula into a trap. Mm. She's luring him into a, like a steel enforced room. It looks like he has his coffin in there, but his dirt isn't in there. And the sun is coming out through a hole in the ceiling. I have two things to say about this. Mm. One, I know he can't sleep in that coffin, but surely he could hide in it for a while, right? <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah. I don't quite get that, but let's let that slide. It, it's it was, really cool that it was, one of the it cliff- was soaked with polio. It had cross sheets. Maybe <laughs> it's really cool that one of the cliffhangers in mm. this show 
that is all about the evil of Dracula is will Dracula die? <laughs> will Dracula survive? Because by that point, we are sympathetic with Dracula. We do get where he's coming from, I, and I we like, kind of don't want him to die. And there was a great scene later on when I, I think it was the mom character, or no, I guess it was Antoinette who uh, just was pissed off at Dracula. like, oh, I'm finally going to kill you. And she grabs a cross to wield at him. But she's a vampire, so when she grabs the cross, her hand bursts into flame, <laughs> and her flaming hand just thrusts the cross at the guy. That was a really dramatic image. I there's, really like that it, one. There's cool stuff, and mm. then the last episode's really fast-paced, because they find Dracula's diary, mm. and they have, and he, Dracula's leaving town. Like, he's making plans. Mm. And they only have one day to destroy all the coffins that they missed, and of course the last one that they get to is the one Dracula's in, and Antoinette, and it's in like a department store, which is kind of weird, I don't mm. quite get, but it's full of mannequins, and Antoinette's just hiding there as a mannequin ready to kill them and it's it's cool <laughs> it's a cool show mm. and of course it ends with Dracula dying because of course it does mm. um, and I can't help but feel that that's sort of bittersweet I really dug this Dracula uh, it, this is a cool Dracula it, it was cool Dracula and uh, if you took all of the segments of any one of these the three shows within Cliffhangers <laughs> It was what eleven episodes. So that's yeah. uh, that's Give like take, yeah. that's a just under three hours. Yeah, you could watch it as like a three hour feature or just as a TV series unto itself. It's easy to watch all of, and I don't know how it would necessarily play, but I feel like the Dracula story mm-hmm. feels like a unit unto itself. Uh, both the other ones are far more serialized, and mm-hmm. I don't think they would necessarily play all in one chunk, but Dracula, I think, would. Both The Curse of Dracula and mm-hmm. Stop Susan Williams were eventually released, at least as a TV movie, in their Stop entirety. Susan Williams was. Uh, Stop Susan Williams was, and it was mm-hmm. released as The Girl Who Saved the World, mm-hmm. which is a way worse title than Stop Susan Williams. <laughs> way worse. I don't know why, but film, the producers don't like to use proper names in TV show titles. I think often. it's good branding, yes, especially but, yeah. with... We're going to talk about Stop Susan Williams next, because I loved Stop Susan Williams. <laughs> you Stop, would. That's so good. First off, it's my favorite title of anything we've ever reviewed. <laughs> Stop Susan Williams. It is. It rolls off the tongue and it is a command. You know, okay, like, well, it just, it, it really arrests you. Like, ooh, will they stop Susan Williams? Su- well, Can they stop now, Susan Williams? Stop, who is trying to stop Susan Williams? Stop Susan who Williams. Who is Susan Williams? Now, Susan Williams is such a non-threatening name. It was like, stop Lothar McDetherson. You know, that would be but like... I don't think you need that much, though. You don't need that much. Susan Williams sounds like an ordinary gal Friday, which indeed she is. Yeah. Uh, Susan Williams, I guess we're moving on to the next Let's We'll move on. Like, uh, we finished Su- Dracula. Susan Williams... Williams is played by Susan Anton, mm-hmm. the co- country music star and, uh, and former Miss California. Uh, yep, she was also on. Uh, she was also on Baywatch. Uh, she was. Uh, she starred in the rather awesome cult movie Golden Girl, uh, <laughs> where she was like born and bred to be the ultimate Olympian. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Cannonball Run too, and she was recently in Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens. Oh no! Well, uh, I guess they can't all be great. <laughs> um, they can't all be. Stop, Susan Williams. So uh, she's a TV reporter, she's no. a, re- or a journalist. She's, she's no, a- she's a photographer. She's never been a reporter before, but her oh. brother was a reporter. Mm. And in the first episode, we find out that her brother was on the verge of some really huge she's, earth-changing story. She's a photojournalist. She's a photojournalist. <laughs> but my point is, is I'm that not wrong. when she she's investigating his murder mm. and trying to find out what story he had uncovered by working backwards, 
Uh, but everyone assumes she can't do it because she is not a real journalist, because she is not an investigative reporter. Mm. So she she start takes up a case looking after looking for her dead brother. Uh, uh, Ray Walston is her boss. Ray Walston from My Favorite Martian, mm. um, who's great by the way. Oh, he's so good. He's good mm. in everything. What else was Ray Walston in? Uh, Ray Walston was in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. Uh, he was in the canceled Too Soon sitcom version of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a.k.a. Fast Times, with Dean Cameron as Spicoli. Uh, he was in The Apartment. He was in The Sting. He was in the 80s cult classic Rad. Ray Walston was fucking awesome. Ray, Ray Walston. So, and, and he is one of those rare American actors who sold every damn thing he was in. Oh, yeah. He, he never acted below the material. Uh, so yeah, in this one, he's the uh, the contact back at home while Susan Williams uh, gallivants about the globe, tracking down this mysterious conspiracy that her brother became en- enmeshed in. And she teams There's up with a mercenary, a mercenary played played by Jack, Jack by- Schoengarth, which is really an odd name for like a hero type yeah, in like this kind of cliffhangery kind of Rousedower. Um, yeah, uh, and um, but uh, he- his char- he's played by Michael Swan. His yeah. character. This is the only reason why I can't get behind Stop Susan Williams. I hate that character. The character is not he, to handle he, well. He's not acted well. He's not pleasant to look at. I don't know he, why they gave him this really awful haircut and they gave him these really unfathering clothes that make I, him look... They make his head look small and his body look like this big like sack of ham. I was wondering, like, it's was this awful. the style at the time? Like, it's a really weird thing. And he's supposed you think to you'd be get this, like a Harrison Ford type or yeah, someone just well, really he, sexy. Because he's playing this sort of kind of scoundrel-like like rogue character who's maybe not to be trusted, but can eventually be trusted. Maybe. Yeah. And he's constantly flirting with Susan Williams. He calls, he always calls her these kind of offensive nicknames. Candy cane. Yeah, he calls her candy cane. cane a lot, or you know, hey, hey there, legs. Hey there. But sh- it's supposed to sugar be boobs. Whatever. It's supposed it to be her. in an endearing way because we're supposed to want them to end up together. Mm-hmm. But he's just he's portrayed again. A lot of it is the look. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit of it is the writing. And honestly, the actor, I've, I've liked this actor before, Michael Swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Friday the 13th Part 6, but more significantly, <laughs> yeah, more that, significantly, that masterpiece. he yeah. was Duncan in As the World Turns. And oh, wow. Well, okay. As the World Turns, he had the best subplot in As the World Turns, the late <laughs> 80s, early 90s. Okay? When this Antonio is when you were watching Hang on, it was. Uh, Antonio Reyes had uh, fled. He had fled the town to like a tropical isle, and Duncan had tracked him down. And But when they left... When they left their fucking soundstage and they actually went to real locations, you fucking knew they meant business. <laughs> this is sweep, sweep shit. And Antonio Reyes is like hanging out of a helicopter, a real helicopter on daytime television. Were they still shooting on beta or were they actually shooting on film they when they shooting, went to location? I don't know what the All fuck. Right. It, was, it looked fine at the All time. Right. And he's like shooting at Duncan and Duncan's like floating on driftwood, shooting at this helicopter and the helicopter crashes. And the greatest villain, mm-hmm. one of the well, one of the greatest villains in As Well Turns Ezra, I mean, come on, but, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he, he just falls and perishes for a while and Duncan was fucking awesome everyone liked Duncan <laughs> Duncan was like this this one of like the macho heartthrobs of daytime television for a while so but it took me a while to recognize him mm. because they make him look really schlubby 
for no good reason. I wondered maybe if they were trying to like, here's Susan Williams. And I swear to God, Susan Anton, every other scene, she, she got her hair done in between. Absolutely. Her, it looked, it's completely her different hairstyle. Bouncing and behaving. Uh, this was the yeah. 1970s when that big, gigantic Farrah Fawcett-like feathered hair was everywhere. Uh, she, she's tall, blonde, and gorgeous, and as such, people uh, underestimate her. Yeah. I thought um, maybe making him schlubby was supposed to make her look that much cooler, mm. but they don't really play it that way. They play it really no. straight. No. Yeah, they, they, they play it... Who's who's really hot in 1979? Susan Anton. Uh, no, I mean to to play opposite Susan Anton. Who could play opposite Susan Anton? Hazelhoff. Even Michael Swan couldn't yeah, do it. Hazelhoff would have been great. Yeah, Hazelhoff would have been great. Hazelhoff was probably busy doing other things at the time. Not he, much. He was doing Star Crash at the time. He was not big yet. Oh, I guess, yeah, 79. This you was, this was pre Night Rider. You could have got him. You could have got him. A, a young Hazelhoff. Maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't know he was David Hasselhoff yet. What's David Hasselhoff doing in 1979? We're gonna look that up right now. <laughs> We're going to fix this. We're going to go back in time. (laughs) We're going to fix this. Anyway, the the conspiracy takes her to other countries as as a James Bond plot. She uncovers uh, some detail of something, so she has to go to another country. Uh, When she goes to Africa, she gets to wear, like, her Africa hat. (laughs) Uh, This was the exact same year Star Crash came out. It was his third credit. Okay. So you could have totally got Hazelhoff. You could have totally got Hazelhoff. Yeah, it would have been fine. Um, oh, how sad to think that the production of Star Crash interfered with the production of Cliffhangers. Um, so, but the thing that Stop Susan Williams has more than anything else mm. is sort of a sense of humor about its cliffhangers. Where every yeah. episode, like the cliffhangers Stop Susan Williams, like the cliffhangers of Dracula had are real scenes you'd see in a movie. Mm. Stop Susan Williams begins with Susan Williams on a ledge because it's episode two and she's going to fall mm. and she does. And she's fine because she fell on one of those like awnings in front of a hotel, mm. which, which are just there to stop you could, from hurting yourself. It just breaks so many falls. There was a joke about that in, in the third Naked Gun film where Robert Goulet was pushed off of like a 60 story building and he <sighs> fell. And fa- as he was falling, he was singing all of On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. Yeah. And, and then, then, he, then he lands on an awning and he's just OK. And then he gets mauled by a by lion, a lion. <laughs> which is really funny because in the next episode of Stop Susan Williams, the cliffhanger is she's, she's trapped, trapped in a pit with a lion. She's trapped in a pit with a lion. And fortunately, she remembers she has a turkey sandwich. Sandwich in her pocket, turkey so she, sandwich, and she has a, a ca- her camera tripod and yeah. uses it like a lion tamer would to sort of fend off the lion, which which works actually because it's it's too many focal points. Yeah, the lion, yeah that's, that that's makes sense. why they use chairs. So she yeah. feeds the sandwich to the lion and then she uses her purse as a grappling hook mm. and then climbs up and it's great. Mm. Uh, that's just one so, of many cliffhangers. Susan Anton is is she plays the role just perfectly uh, because. Mm. She, uh, Susan Williams is smart. She's she has the wherewithal and the gumption and the intelligence to do this job, but she is completely inexperienced. So yeah. you see her fear and how unsure she is in every scene, and that's very endearing. And she gets more confident as it goes along yeah. too, which is also pretty endearing. Like uh, there's, there's a, a, an episode where she has to escape. Um, a boat, or she's hanging off of a tree, and there's oh, piranhas in the oh, water. I, this one actually yeah. pissed me off, actually, because it's a great bit. Because you see in the scene, she has gone from New York. Uh, is it New York or San Francisco at the beginning? I think it's New York. New York. She goes from New York. I think, pretty sure it's New York to Morocco, where there's a snake that's going to get her in a bubble bath. Mm. Uh, to Nairobi, where she's going to be eaten by a lion, and then she's going to have a stampede of elephants after her. Mm. And then she goes to a smelting plant in Brazil, <laughs> and this like this the bit opens with her on a boat, and just like ah, these are piranha infested waters, and you just you're just. 
you put down your popcorn and go, well, here we go. What's going to happen? <laughs> a guy tries to push her into the piranha and he falls mm. into the piranha and she doesn't notice. And oh. it's really funny. But this, it ends with her and Jack and uh, this person they've rescued from a kidnapping. Jack and the kidnapping Was, was that the, the, the da- daughter, daughter of, of the nuclear scientist? The yeah. daughter of the nuclear scientist. That, 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 old, that old saw. They're, they're, those two are hanging from a rope, but because you know the boat they're on is moving fast, and it's sinking, of course, in Ron-Infested Waters, mm. Susan Williams couldn't grab the rope in time. She grabs a branch. She's hanging over the piranha. Oh, no, the piranha. You can see like the piranha foaming in the water. Stock footage of piranhas. And, and then the branch breaks, and you see Susan Williams fall... Is this the end of Susan Williams? Mm. Who is the mysterious nuclear scientist? Mm. Who is blackmailing Ray Walsh? All these things. Mm. And then the next episode begins. You go through all of that stuff. Susan Williams is hanging from the thing. It it breaks. Ah! And then she falls and she wasn't over the piranha at all and she was on the ground. Mm. And I have never understood the movie Misery more. (laughs) Because Annie Wilkes bitched about this exact same thing. She didn't get out of the cock duty branch! Well, as it turns out, it's a rare breed of Brazilian rotating tree. <laughs> just sort of turns as, as, as it lives longer and longer, and it just rotated her over the shore. There's a really cool cliffhanger in Stop Susan Williams that, honestly, it's just, it looks like one hell of a stunt. It's towards the end, they mm-hmm. take they go to the nuclear uh, physicist's uh, oh, lab. Yeah. It, it's, there's a shadowy <laughs> cabal of rich assholes in suits, led by, what's his name, Kolop, no, what was this, the bad guy's name? Kopf, Kolop, something Some like that. generic evil name. G- generic, uh, Korf was his name, that was it, Korf. Does, doesn't that sound Ka- like, like a Klingon like, bad guy? Like some, somebody thought, hey, Karl Orff, that's a guy, I'll just name him Korf. No, nope, there there's no nationality with the last name Korf, yeah. as far as I know, but he's got, a, like, his suited flunkies who are pulling strings. One of them, I think, was Fred Ward? It looked uh, like Fred Ward, but I don't think it was Fred Ward. Right. There, was one, there was one that looked, okay, like, the two main people who are trying to kill Susan Williams mm. looks like... Uh, uh, Josh Gad and Reginald Vell Johnson. Like, if they're trying to kill you, and it's really funny. Mm. Um, so, but they're, so Susan Williams running from these people. Mm. She convinces someone to drive her away in their motorcycle with a sidecar. She gets in the sidecar. She doesn't recognize the mm. person in the helmet, so the people are trying to kill her. And this was in, what was the look? It was like, I think Zurich. it was in Zurich. There. Zurich or Munich, one of those. Mm. One of the icks. It was, it was Zurich. It was. Yeah, Switzerland. So he starts driving at high speeds around all these twisty, turny mountain roads, and Susan Williams is like, "Oh no!" Ah! And it turns and out then, he's a bad guy. And he, how he was waiting out where she was going to be, who's to say? But, yeah. He unhinges the connection between the sidecar and the motorcycle, mm-hmm. so she flies, and she flies off of the mountain. And it's a really good jump. Oftentimes, you see in a movie when there's a stunt jump where it's mm-hmm. like more than ten feet. You see people landing like on their back because you know that off camera they're going to land on a parachute mm-hmm. or, or something. Um, she is forty five degrees out, arms flailing forward. Uh, unfortunately, like she's we, trying to grab a helicopter. We it's can a we can big s- jump. we can see her face and we can see that it's the stunt woman and not. But not even actually so, Susan I'm Anton. impressed for the stunt woman because mm-hmm. it's a cool jump and it is far and it is at an angle. It is like not just a sheer drop. There's like there's like rocks underneath her. You can see it. It's pretty impressive. And then of course in the next episode she just lands in a bale of hay. She's okay. She's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> And then the big twist is that Thank it turns goodness out, they were having a Metris sale. The big twist yeah. is that they were going to like blow up this World Peace Summit. And mm-hmm. uh, Ray Walston, it turns out, was the guy who killed Susan Williams' brother. Yep. Because Su- he was getting too close to the conspiracy. Well, no, he wasn't involved in the conspiracy. He just found out, oh, there's this huge conspiracy. I can blackmail them. He just wanted the money. 
which is actually kind of a good little twist. And it keeps everything a little different. And uh, then it ends. Well, and the, the bomb's hidden in a cave. They defuse the bomb just in time. Yeah. Uh, then Happy ending. And the last episode is is our, our grossy McMustacherson uh, trying to lean in for a kiss on Susan Anton. And I really hoped that she would just knee him in the groin. Or like yeah. say, I know we've been kind of flirty flirty, but this ain't happening. No. But they walk off hand in hand. It's like, oh, that's that's kind of a letdown. It's kind of gross. No. He'll get a haircut. He'll clean him up. He'll be fine. <laughs> she'll, she'll take him to her hairdresser. The hairdresser is amazing and they work real fast. Yeah, and he'll bre- break him of his porn theater frequenting habits because it <laughs> looks like a total sleaze. Okay, the third series mm. is the... The weirdest one. It's it's the weirdest one. It's also the weakest one. It's also the one where they feel like they were kind of spoofing old serials rather than just doing a straight adventure serial. Yeah, because the other ones are take place in the present day. Mm. And as a result, there's a certain amount of contemporary well, quality to it, temporary performances. Dr- Dracula and, has strong character work. Mm. Uh, Stop Susan Williams has sort of a good sense of humor. This one mm. is totally off the wall. Yeah. So it takes place in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and underneath Cheyenne, Wyoming, <laughs> as, uh, oh, what was the main guest? Like, oh, uh, uh, John... J- Marshall Jim Donner. Jim Donner. Or, as he introduces himself to all of the aliens who live underground, mm. Donner, Jim. And Donner, they all call him Donner Jim. Donner Jim. And, uh, and so, they think that joke is really funny, they and they do it in every episode. Well, I'm not sure every if it was meant episode. to be a joke. It's just a joke that got out of hand, I think. But yeah, Donner, committed Donner Jim is, is the local marshal, and uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to calling him Bang Gunley from like, the old Stan Freeberg bit. <laughs> Bang Gunley, U.S. Marshall Field. You can always tell the puff grass eater in any crowd they got a green mouth. Uh, so Bang Gunley stumbles upon, since we don't get to see the first episode, yeah. stumbles upon an elevator that leads down underneath Cheyenne. He figures we're underneath Cheyenne, but we're still technically within the city bounds, so I'm Marshall here too. <laughs> uh, to make the aesthetic difference, on the surface, everything's shot in sepia tone, later on black and white, yeah. uh, and underneath it, uh, the ground, everything's in color. Which is a fun little gimmick. Fun gimmick. Yeah. And there is a conspiracy for the people underneath uh, in this town that's called... It's, it's spelled Chimera, but it, they pronounce it Shamira. It's really confusing when and you actually see it written out. And it's led by uh, Mark Leonard, uh, who played Sarek, Spock's dad on Star Trek. Yeah. He's the evil uh, fascist dictator And Star Trek The Next Generation. He's, uh, the, he's the evil fascist dictator. He has a device that uh, pacifies all the people within its range. It is, of course, called the Compliatron. <laughs> and the Compliatron, true to old science fiction serial tradition, runs on gold. So they've been sending what they call shadow guards in mm. gas masks because they can't survive on the surface. Yeah, they can't breathe earth air. Yeah, so they've been sending shadow guards out there to steal all the gold. That's why Donner Jim was here in Wyoming in the first place mm. to solve that crime. Donner Jim finds out that aliens living underground and have been doing it for a while they're responsible and it, <sighs> and they are they are aliens from another planet who have set up shop underneath but of ground. course they look human but they look exactly human There's, the daughter of the, the evil fascist dictator is played by Stephanie Kramer from Hunter <laughs> well the, eventually she is for no good reason, she disappears for an episode, uh, goes into a magic device, and comes out as a different actor. And I thought that was going to be important later, and look, it is not. They look so similar. Well, I mean, clearly they just couldn't get the same actress back, so they had I, to write that in. I thought maybe because they look so similar that they could have just switched and nobody would have noticed. You know, here's the thing. I thought, I honestly thought they were setting it up for a semi-clever plot point, because what happens about halfway through The Secret Empire mm. is that Jim Donner 
who has to go undercover as one of the shadow guard to go back to the surface. Mm. And he has to pretend in order to keep his cover to help them steal gold. Mm. And then he is unmasked by these, the good guys. And they think he was actually part of the gold th- uh, theft all along. Now he's the most wanted man in Wyoming. Everyone knows his face. I thought maybe that was going to be the ending, was they would give him a new face and he'd have a new beginning. Oh, there you go. That actually would have been a semi-clever ending. And I they guess, just yeah, never went so. there. It's, yeah, it's, just like, yeah. it's right there. So uh, It's weird. Uh, the part I liked is that eventually, in order to get more and more gold, Mark Leonard has to make a deal with the earthbound bad guy who's just sort of a, a, a black hat cowboy dude. I mean, literally wears a black yeah, hat. And who has a tank. <laughs> he calls it a battle coach. Uh, yeah, it is It is a carriage that is covered in steel now, and has a turret with a Gatling gun. In, in an old serial... It, that would have been enough. That would have been cool. Evil black hat guy wants gold has tank is enough for a 13 episode serial. I want to I want to take a moment to, to give a shout out to mm. the guy who played the, that bad guy, Jess mm. Keller, the guy in the black hat. Okay. He's played by Peter Breck. Peter Breck played Farmer Brown in the worst episode of Batman the Animated Series. The one with a farmer who was using genetic modification to turn all of his farm animals giant. Okay, and that affects Batman. How? That's are, a are damn they, good question. Are they, they, run, are they running a muck? They ran a muck. All right. They ran a muck, but it's really stupid. And even the guys who made so that like, series knew that one was really so stupid. They're just like regular sheep, but just really big regular sheep. Yeah, uh, that's not so threatening. He's kind of he looks he looks and sounds kind of <laughs> like a poor man's Powers Booth, but he had a pretty good career. He was in the Shock Corridor mm. and Sword and the Sorcerer, so he he he. He, he does. Okay he, he looks. I, for a second, I thought it was Powers Booth. But yeah. yeah, I checked the credits. So uh, the basic plot is: there's an uprising with a good princess. There's a downrising with a bad princess, uh, and it takes a lot of the model from Flash Gordon. Basically, in, he's in, a hero that this new society needs. Kind of a boring hero. He's a which, boring hero. Which is kind of. It's kind of a necessity in a lot of these old serials where the, the hero has to be so pure, so capable and so good and always in action mode that we never get any sort of character out of him. Well, I mean, it's also it's also just an old, old West trope. If you actually ever yeah, sit down and pulp novels, yeah, you ever read like, a Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. they're not complicated. They're just <laughs> they're not big. Meant to be. They're, they're, they're just big they're lowest and, common denominator yeah, stuff. They're big yeah. and crazy and fun. And that's it. And there the twain shall meet. And when the Secret Empire works it's because it's big and crazy and weird. Um, there's a whole bit where um, the princess and this little orphan kid, Billy, who just should just be thrown down a pit. So they throw them down a pit. And uh, in the bottom of this pit, there's a giant goofy looking spider. That's, yeah, see, it was it's smiling. I swear to God, it's smiling. When I saw the spider, that's when I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a spoof or not. Yeah. Because it, it it looks like something you'd get at Oz or Spencer's Gifts. It is the cheapest, I mean, it's a giant puppet, but it looks like they didn't make a whole lot of effort to make it look realistic or new or scary. It looks like something they hauled out of mothballs from the third. It looks like they're really embracing the cheapness of it. There's one, you're right, there's this one moment where a bunch of the cowboys are talking and the boom mic drops drops into the frame and I couldn't tell if that was intentional or not. Yeah. I just can't because yeah. it's just that tone, mm. that fakey kind of tone. Now, if, and if it, we it, had it's kind of okay if you look at it that way, but it never really winks at you. you well, know? and it's not okay though if the other two segments and cliffhangers are played so earnestly. Mm-hmm. Either do all three earnest or do all three spoofy in different genres, but don't do one spoof because you're taking the piss out of the other two. And if you start taking it seriously, if you assume this is trying to be taken seriously, 
it, it does not fly. A, because the plot is so weird. I'm actually going to play a clip for you right now. Okay. Um, every episode of all of these shows begins with a previously on bit. Mm-hmm. And they uh, get longer and longer and longer with Hidden Empire. The, with, with the Secret Empire. Secret Empire. With the Secret Empire. I swear to God, one of them is like almost two minutes long, and I'm going to play it for you. I <laughs> the apologize. The sound quality is a little scratchy and mm-hmm. weird, so you might want to like adjust your headphones or something like that. But you got to hear how crazy and stupid this gets. So here's previously on The Secret Empire. Following his discovery of the Secret Empire, Marshal Jim Donner finds himself the target of never-ending peril. Surviving a freezing blast from the neutronic laser, Donner escaped, only to be attacked by the demon Taz. by Maya, we see that Taz is a loyal, loving creature and a valuable ally of the partisans. Unaware of the preparations being made by miner Jesse Keller in his plan to ship the largest cache of gold in the history of Wyoming, Jim Donner joins the partisans in an attempt to thwart the evil Emperor Thorvald's scheme to enslave not only the people of Shimmera, but the people of Wyoming as well. Unarmed and outnumbered, they move in the first step to deprive Thorvald of the precious metal he requires for the execution of his plan. But they are discovered by the dreaded Shadow Guards. In an attempt to save the others, Marshal Donner falls captive to the warriors and is taken before Thorvald for interrogation. Although subjected to insidious torture, Donner reveals nothing of the partisans' plans or the mysterious amulets which shield them from the mind-bending power of Thorvald's compliatron. Jim's reward is a sentence of execution at the hands of Chief Yannick in the pit. I have no idea either. Jesus None Christ. of that makes any now, sense. One of my favorite cliffhangers was uh, Bang Gunley. Or no, it's not Bang Gunley. It's... Uh, good princess is wandering like oh, yeah. they, they've just escaped some peril she's wandering through some hallways she's never been before it's like what's going on here and she's beset by a creature mm-hmm. and uh oh wait no this is he's the, the, the green one right yeah the little green guy. no that's 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 uh that's zap shoot well Zap. okay that's that's, that's our that's that's donner jim it's donner jim okay yeah. so donner jim is wandering through these halls. oh that's right it's it's like because it's like it turns out episode. it belongs to okay so yeah. he's wandering through these hallways and he's just suddenly beset by this green monster thing it looks yeah. like the she beast, but crappier. It looks a little, it's, yeah. It looks like a crappy version of the monster you see in the American version of Night of the Demon. Yeah, you know, they just yeah. kind of threw it together. It looks kind of monstery. It's it looks, fine. looks kind of monstery. It's it's a dwarf actor in a suit, so yeah. you know. It's, Which they don't show you until after the cliffhanger is over. Mm. Like, oh, there's a monster after him, and then it jumps on him, and ah, and then right. you see when the next episode, only then do you see it's half his size, yeah, and yeah. it plays like a weird joke. And and what I loved was the twist there, because he's beset by a monster, I think, oh, cool, we're going to have these crappy-looking monsters, like an army of crappy-looking green monsters, that's exciting, uh, for me. <laughs> and they cut to it, and not only is the monster small, but it turns out the monster was the beloved pet of the good princess. Yeah. <laughs> just, a little, just a little reversal. It's, it's a cute little joke. Was it, I, wasn't I, anything. I appreciate that. That the that the monster was actually is, and it turns out the monster's going to fight on their side. It looks like the monster dies in a couple episodes, but it's okay at the end. Yeah, it's fine. You know, there's this weird bit. You watch the credits for cliffhangers, and man, even the credits, like you look on YouTube, you can see them. Mm-hmm. They, they're not well taken care of. It's hard to tell what's going on in some of them. But 
you know, a lot of it is footage from the show we've seen. Mm. Some of it looks like it was taken from some sort of generic Old West thing, but most of it is from episodes of the shows that we're about to watch. Mm. There's one shot of a giant praying mantis that I yeah, assumed yeah, yeah. would show up in the Secret Empire because it's in sepia tone. Mm. That's a science fiction story about cowboys and stuff. Doesn't that have like a great teenagers in outer space kind of feel to it? That never happens. Well, it's that, really frustrating. That clip was from the film The Deadly Mantis, oh. uh, which was I think in the public. I think is in the public domain now. Oh, okay. like it was one of those films that lapsed into the public domain. I've actually never seen The Deadly Mantis. It's I a just... pre- it's a pretty good monster flick from the fifties. Okay. Um, so, some decent effects shots, well paced for what it is. Right. Uh, I've seen a lot worse. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, they, they were trying to clearly evoke these old school serials by showing us like a something that might come out of them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll confess something that only like mm. you and other like old 1950s sci-fi movie nerds will even get or care about. You know that movie, The Beginning of the End with Peter Graves? Oh yeah, with it's the all, giant grasshoppers. With the giant locusts, yeah. yeah. Um, I It always takes me a couple of minutes to remember that that movie isn't called Day of the Locust. <laughs> Day of the Locust is actually it's not, not actually a horror It does movie. not have locusts in it, yeah. <laughs> that always bothers me. I always want to call it Day of the Locust. How can, and you can call the other one Beginning of the End. That's the title that works for any movie. The Beginning of the End is a stupid title anyway. But it's just a generic, you can literally call almost any, you can call What's Eating Gilbert Grape the Beginning of the End and it would be fine. Like, you, you could call Armageddon the Beginning of the End and it would be fine. You could call any James Bond movie the Beginning of the End and it could be fine. Why not call the movie that's about the day of all of these locusts? Why don't you call that one the Day of the yeah. Locust and call the other one the beginning I, of the I, end? I would that call just it, pisses me off. I would call it a plague of locusts myself, but <sighs> uh, you know, get get a little. Cl- but what, what number? What illusion. number plague? What number plague were the locusts? Wasn't that like? Oh, I don't. I think it was the fourth or fifth. Like I don't the, remember. The fourth yeah. plague is a great name for a movie. Oh, there you go. The fourth plague. That's a great name for a movie. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, we just fixed Day of the Locust and the beginning of the end <laughs> and the Bible. <laughs> we, fi- we fixed the Bible. <laughs> Only at Cancel Too Soon. <laughs> Only here at Cancel Too Soon. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else special now, about the Secret Empire we haven't talked about yet. Uh, no, I guess not. The The boy was... We talked about the tank. Uh, there, yeah. there is a freeze ray. Uh, oh, we, we always didn't, fun. We didn't say that Mark Leonard is wheelchair bound. Doesn't really uh, factor well, into Well, I mean, that we have a Star Trek actor is wheelchair bound. I can only think of Christopher Pike. There's this bit with the whole, you know, there's a compliatron, which makes everyone just sort of do your bidding. Mm. And man, do several men just use that as an opportunity to get skeevy as fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, the, to be fair, it's the bad guys that say these sort of rapey things. Well, then, there's an implication that this one bad guy who has a crush on the evil princess, when mm. she is tricked into going into the compliatron, mm. there's the heavy implication that he has his way with her he closes the door mm. and it's really dark compared to everything else going on in that particular segment because it's so oh, I don't, goofy I don't think that was and light on. I thought it was she says just, there's anything I can do for you and then he looks around and he presses the mm. button and the door goes Whoosh, mm. and then they just cut away maybe, and I'm like <laughs> I suspect foul play perhaps so maybe I was just thick when watching that segment maybe um, um, so yeah uh, and so we didn't see the the beginnings but uh, in the one episode that aired over Seed, we sees we did see the ending of both the Secret Empire and of Stop Susan Williams. Yeah, uh, and they both end it, satisfactorily. And the, yeah, they they end just fine. Just, just the, the last episode is big action sequence. It's the only one that doesn't end on a cliffhanger, so it doesn't quite have the same energy. Uh, But I admire that they ended the segments, that these were meant to be finite, and they were meant to be 13 episodes, just like the old theatrical serial, the old, like, Republic serials from the 1930s. Well, I mean, Uh, depending on how you count it, I mean, Dracula supposedly lasted, like, like 15 episodes. 15 episodes, but... But we only saw 11 of each. We only saw 11 of each, and they were only meant to... They were meant to end. 
Which means that had cliffhangers continued, the next season would have been three entirely new segments. Maybe. there's. I think Stop Susan Williams ends mm-hmm. on enough of a cliffhanger just because the main bad guy gets away and he vows revenge on Susan Williams. Well, that would be season three. Season three, they bring back Susan Williams. Ah, okay. So what do we do? What, what, so what are you saying? What do you want to do for season uh, two of Cliffhangers? Well, what's your pitch? We we need to have. I've seen a lot of these old Republic serials. As a have I. lot of them suck. By it's the way, true. they are really really cheap. Really I, cheap. I, really terrible. Uh, I've been. I run the thirty five millimeter projector over at the New Beverly Cinema, and we've been throwing in some of these old serials as we go along. Like what do you have over right there? now? We're doing uh, Flash Gordon, the old Buster Crab ones. Pretty good. Per- perfect for uh, the summer of sci-fi yeah, that we're going fun. through. But we recently went through one called Government Agents versus Shadow Legion. Oh, which that's a great name. It, it so- probably sucks. It sounds really cool. It's about government agents, a bunch of boring, indistinguishable white guys in suits who are in <sighs> charge of trucking routes. And there's a lot of talk about the way the trucking industry works. Who have to stop bad guys who are smuggling things inside the trucks. And there's a lot of parking scenes and a lot of shots of just trucks trundling down roads. My God, it is the dullest thing. And the guys are as square and as boring as the trucks. And they're all on these like boring California back roads. They're not even in ex- like exotic locations. It's <laughs> terrible. So... You'd have to get one of those boring old serials. But how do you make it into And you'd have to soup it up. Yeah, somehow. what do you do? Like, like, uh, you... like, you do the Western mixed with sci fi. First of all, do a straight Western. Don't do Western mixed with sci fi. Just do a Western serial. Those were a dime a dozen. Yeah, make it big and broad. Make it about cattle rustlers. Make it about Christmas tree rustlers. It doesn't matter. You know make they, it about rustlers of some kind. What they didn't have that, uh, was, that was big at the time mm. superheroes. Yeah, had Captain America, Superman, Batman, Shazam. Yeah. They all had their own serials. Yeah. Commando yeah. Cody, who uh, eventually inspired the Rocketeer. Yeah, I was, was going to say, yeah. may have a Rocketeer-type situation. Yeah. Like, like an actual superhero type. doing superhero stuff. Mm. That also would have been great. Yeah. That would have yeah. been a good one right mm. there. And then They uh, have not done a uh, prehistoric dinosaur adventure. They have not. Maybe that would have been too much, but I think a caveman sort of thing, or, or Middle Ages sort of thing would have a been A time fine. travel sort of thing. You yeah. go back to then, and you're stuck in the, yeah, there you go. In the past, mm. and that, that, that gimmick had uh, been done. There was, there was no uh, knights, uh, knight errantry story. Mm. You could have done a medieval one. There was no Tarzan-type uh, adventure, like a jungle there adventure. There you go. You do Sheena. Sheena the serial. Mm. There you go. And it can be about Sheena and how these foolish men don't please her. That would also be great. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see that. So there were a lot of, of these sort of old... Private t- detective stuff. There like you the go. Mr. Like, Moto a, kind a, of thing. Or, I mean, you want to avoid the stereotypes, mm. but like... Yeah, or mur- that level a murder of, mystery. or Yeah, a, like more of a hard-boiled murder mystery. Oh, there you know, go. like... It, Susan Williams was a murder mystery, too, if you think about it. But it was very oh, plucky. I would have liked to something have, a little, with a little grit. I would have liked to have seen not something with grit, but something with a lot more class. Something oh. really like uh, Agatha Christie-ish. What if they had um, their own sh- uh, version of Sherlock Holmes? Oh, there you go. Sherlock... Just do Sherlock Holmes. Why not? You just did Dracula. That, yeah. Do Sherlock just Holmes. Just take that character. Done. Um, so yeah, there Tarzan's were a, in public a by that lot of different genres and character like, types that they could have just continued to make serialized shorts with in, six, in these 60-minute portions. And that would have been great. And uh, Yeah, and I, I agree that would have been great because I'm just going to come right out and say mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Cliffhangers was canceled too soon. It was canceled too soon. It, really fun show. It, it's really fun. It, it's not just fun in concept. Yeah. I like the idea of having these serials... I like the idea of having theatrical serials back in theaters, frankly. Yeah, uh, I, I, under- I understand that they wanted to move like the the Marvel expanded universe onto Netflix and have these like thirteen episode things there. It makes sense. 
I would have preferred to have seen those episodes in shorter segments preceding each of the Marvel theatrical well, what they uh, had, releases. What, what Marvel did have mm. was they did have, they weren't really super serialized, but they did have common characters. Mm. For a while, they had what were called Marvel one-shots, which mm. were like eh, 10 to 20 minute short films featuring minor characters in the mm. Marvel Universe. A lot of them were... Um, a lot of them were just sort of filling in plot holes. Oh, what happened to that one guy? Here's a 10 minute short. Mm. Uh, wait a minute. When, isn't that the oh, end of the... Oh, those were like DVD bonus features Yeah, but stuff, that, that's, that was the place for mm. them. Or uh, the DC animated movies. Um, for a while, they had like different DVD releases of feature films would have a short. Oh, here's a 10 minute short of uh, the, uh, the Spectre. And here's a 10 minute short oh, of... Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember who else had one. Like Shazam Moon, or Jonah Moon, Hatches. Moon, Moon, nice Smaller heroes. characters who mm. were super cool but maybe didn't justify their own feature because they weren't as popular. And then they eventually released them all as like an anthology movie. And they were all great. Yeah. yeah. So, so having an anthology uh, pastiche, like to the old theatrical serials, in primetime is a great idea, something a welcome, it's something I'd love to have back. It'd probably be a show I'd watch. Well, I think... And, uh, and that they did it so successfully in one season uh, is—it's just a pity that it didn't get the numbers yeah, and that it cost just, no, so it's much. Not. Yeah. No, it's not. I, I think this sort of survived a little bit and was revived in spirit, if not necessarily technically, in mm. the '90s with the uh, Sam Raimi produced adventure series, and we had stuff mm. like Hercules and Xena, and they were paired with stuff like Tech War. Which wasn't Sam well, Raimi, but they were part of a block yeah, of syndicated programs. They always programming. tried to do these blocks of syndicated yeah. programs. Or Jack of All but... Trades and Cleopatra 2525 were always packaged together. And that was a great double feature. Those shows were fun. They were, each one of them, indeed, I agree. Uh, but those were each in, like, aired entire hour. They were series yeah. that just sort of aired next to each other. I, my point is, it was a programming mm. block, and it was supposed to evoke that just sense of fun, mm. you know, that sense of extempore, that mm. sense of wonder. But uh, the, yeah, the shoving one, them all into one show like this is a little different. The one I'm thinking of is the Saturday Supercade, frankly. Yeah, I, somehow <laughs> I, I knew you were going to bring I, that one up. I grew up with the Saturday Supercade. If you don't know the Saturday Supercade, look You're it lucky. up. You're <laughs> lucky. It was terrible. Fun, fun with this. Uh, they just so, had a whole bunch of Hanna, syndicated Hanna shows Barbera, that had already been canceled. So Hanna they just Barbera, shoved them together randomly. Hanna Barbera, in their infinite lack of wisdom, dis- <laughs> these are the Jabberjaw people. Remember, they did Captain Fucking Caveman. I don't, I don't want to hear it about Hanna Barbera. I don't want to hear any days? defense. We're, oh, we're gonna, we got to do a whole Hanna Barbera month one of these. You days. bet we do. Because yeah, <laughs> there's the, a lot of crap. Okay, what, 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 what would be, the, Hong Kong Fooey's got to be on. There. We got to track down that Moby Dick series. It was a Moby Dick series. Two underwater little kids in scuba suits teamed up with a superhero Moby Dick. I'm not you. kidding. I'm fuck that's you. a real series. Fuck you and fuck your imagination. <laughs> and they that's called not, and they called him Moby and Moby I helped them stop that. crimes. I remember Moby the Dick super, did not talk, but Moby Dick was their pal. I remember the Super Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters turned yeah. into super like mutated superheroes. I want to do Casper and the Angels someday. That's the mm. one where Casper teamed up with two space cops <laughs> to help solve space crimes. <laughs> And you just started watching it like, what? I'm going to look up details on the original Space Ghost, because I think that didn't last very long. I feel like that one lasted long enough, but whatever. There's there's a ton. There's a ton. We haven't done so nearly much. enough Saturday morning cartoon shit, and we really need to. <laughs> God. But the Saturday Supercade <laughs> uh, was all based on Atari video games. There was Pac-Man. Well, I guess that's Namco. But Atari and Namco. There was yeah. uh, Pac-Man. There was Donkey Kong. There was Donkey Kong Jr., which was a separate show. Oh, I forgot that was a different thing. There was a Frogger. It was, did you already say Pac-Man? And I said Pac-Man. Okay. And there was Cubert. 
There was, there was Rubik's the Amazing Cube part of that block? No, was that, that, that was a separate okay. animal. <laughs> Rubik the Amazing Cube. Oh my but, God, uh, it hurts so much. Rubik the Amazing Cube, uh, uh, you solve a Rubik's Cube and it turns into a little Rubik's Cube with a face and it has magic powers. It looks like one of the ghoulies. Like, it's not cool. It's, like, it's, it's real bad. It's, you're not supposed to do that. whatever they were. It really made me, and you know what? I'm going to say it right now. That, very specifically, that is the reason I have never solved a Rubik's Cube. Is Rubik the Amazing Cube? Oh, yeah. There's, dude, you do not want one of those in the house. What if you accidentally solve it? <laughs> what if you unleash that thing? Yeah, it's like it's worse a, than Hellraiser. It's like, it's, uh, like, it's like having a Mogwai in the house. Why would you? It's a recipe for disaster. The Saturday Supercade would rotate through what shows they they produced. They never didn't show all five of those in a single block. Yeah. I think they only they showed two, maybe three. Yeah. Over the course of an hour. And it was different ones every hour. week. And it was different every week. So you if were, you liked one of them, God help you. You might have might to not, wait. You might have to wait a long ass time. The best thing about that entire thing uh-huh. was the Qbert theme song. It's really catchy. Sing it. it. Took, took place in the 1950s. Sing it. Uh, no. <laughs> it's yes. embarrassing. Do it. Uh, and do it. The other do it. best thing that do happened it. I'm not was, stopping. You need to do it. I, I can play it for you on the phone. You're going to. No. But I'm not going to sing gonna, the Qbert theme song. You're going to do it. You got to do it. I, well, I, you're right here. You're here the here's the thing. I don't remember the lyrics. It's just it had a catchy. Make beat. up the lyrics. No, I'm not gonna. He's do it. Q-Bert and he's a Bert. You could cue <laughs> him if you had one. And he's a guy that's gonna jump on your cubes, Bert. And you're gonna be Q-Bert. Q- Q-Bert was a gre- was a that's fought, how it goes. fought greaser snakes in the 1950s. That that was their that was the premise for the Q-Bert cartoon. <laughs> I swear I'm not making that up. Uh, <laughs> Bring in more the, cocaine. We're the, the other more thing. Q-Bert the story. other thing was the Pac-Man cartoon, which is one of the worst things that humanity has ever produced. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's, it's really awful. Yeah, but yeah, I, the idea of sort of rotating through various shows was it was very appealing to me as a kid, and it's appealing to me now. And I like the idea of having shorter form shows bundled together because you don't need that much time really for most of the shows. You watch any given TV series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in the day, you had a one hour show. They told one story over the course of an hour. Generally speaking, it was done one. In most cases, that one hour story, trim the fat can be fit into a 15, 15 minute segment. Oh yeah. You only got enough story for that much time. You get 15 minutes. You do it efficiently. Yeah. Get to the end. You only need the bare bones, and that's great. Yeah. Modern filmmaking, <laughs> modern TV making, you take that one-hour segment and you stretch it out over the course of an entire effing season. Now, or even a series. We, we differ And you just on add this. more characters and you add more details and you just really delve into the drama of a very simple story. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm. I think sometimes the stories aren't that simple. Mm. And I think sometimes some shows, mm. not all or even most, mm. but some shows do it so well that it makes other people want to try. Mm. And I get that. Uh, this is one of our points of contention. I like serialized programming mm. and you like episodic programming. Yep. And I think we both like both when they're done well, uh-huh. but like we just have a preference. Um, yeah, no, I uh, like I don't understand. I, I, I just got to keep going back to this. Mm. I don't understand our nostalgia for the 80s because I was there, <laughs> especially for the TV. It sucks. Yeah, well, it was pe- bad TV. People, for kids. I our Transformers age has have, have a really, really strong nostalgia for the '80s, and you know, kids slightly older than us, you know, for the mid '70s, like the City that, Marty Croft stuff. I'm watching and, kids shows now, hmm. and they're so good. They're really good. They're genuinely well written, exciting, hmm. imaginative, hopeful, interesting. You know, they explore exciting themes. 
great character development, progressive storylines. Holy crap. Mm. And then I think about the shit we just described from the 80s, mm. and I die a little inside. <laughs> and I want to know what this generation of we kids this, is going to be this, like. It's horrible, just artistically bankrupt garbage that was coming, yeah. like hitting us. There, there weren't very many good shows you can really haul out of there, especially for, for kids. Especially, well, yeah, I'm thinking of like my the Saturday morning lineup, all that those animated programs. I'm thinking, oh, well, Bugs Bunny was good. Oh wait, Bugs Bunny was made in the 40s. Yeah, there was <laughs> like I'm trying to think, the only like show I can think of, like the animated show we were watching in the 80s mm. that I've rewatched mm. and actually holds up pretty good mm. is Robotech, and even that was imported from Japan. It was an entirely different type of medium. Yeah, it was more yeah. intelligent. It was more. Well, can you uh, think ambitious. of an, an American show that was actually produced good. from 1980 to 1989 <sighs> that was actually pretty good? No, <laughs> I don't think. I like I'm trying. I'm struggling. Like uh, maybe there's okay. Uh, we're gonna spread this out uh, to our listeners. Right. It's a little off topic from cliffhangers. We kind of got off on a rant. All right, but email us canceled too soon at gmail.com. Remember, canceled only has one L in it. I want you, not your favorite show. Not one you remember remember fondly. fondly, We're not talking about a childhood classic where you loved it as a kid and you don't care if it's bad. Mm. Or it's it's just entertaining and you don't mind. Seriously, kids show from 1980 to 1989. A show geared specifically towards kids, Mm. particularly if it played on Saturday mornings. Mm. That holds up really well. We appreciate that certain elements are going to be dated. The animation's not going to be as good as it is today. Mm. The performances and writing might not be quite up to par, but you could watch it for the first time today and go, yeah, it's pretty good. And <laughs> I just realized I thought of one exception. Hmm. The real Ghostbusters. For a couple of seasons, it was there pretty were, clever. There were a few good episodes. There was remember, a lot of good episodes. I remember liking a lot of them uh, <coughs> before it became Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Oh, that is nice. No, yeah, there's don't, no don't bother with that. that. But... Uh, I did go back and watch some of my favorite episodes, and they yeah they don't really hold up. They don't hold up, but they're not great. bad. Though. But they're not bad. They're they're reasonably clever. Mm. The acting's pretty good. The animation's decent. The mm. character design is fun. It's mm. okay. It's a pretty good show. Mm. That's the one exception I can think of right mm. now. And of course, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, of course. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> God, F that show. <sighs> so bad. Oh, my God. Okay, so I, we, we that, watched that. What was wrong with us? So we are, we are, uh, we're, we're done with our review. Of oh, and, and, and I agree. Cliffhangers yeah. was definitely canceled. Definitely. And seriously, if anyone is listening who knows people at Shout Factory, <laughs> uh, this is the show they're looking for, and they don't know that they're looking for. This show needs to find an audience. This show, like, they need to do, like, tr- like triple features at, like, the new Beverly or the Cine family of Stop Susan Williams and The Curse of Dracula. I and just more play of a, them because they're fun. It's more of a Cine family thing. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably. But mm. seriously, it, it'd be a lot of fun. And people would really discover it and start mm. talking about how neat. Mm. Just how neat and excited. Not even exciting. Excited. Like, everyone just feels really passionate about what they're doing, and they're having a really good time, and it rubs off. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is that. Is that Again, you can email us, canceltoosoon at gmail.com, with your recommendations for 1980s kids shows that hold up real well. Do we have any letters right now uh, to read? We got a couple letters here. Let's read a couple letters. Uh, th- this is one we actually wrote back, but uh, let's read your letter on the air. Um, this comes from Laura, and it's, it is titled Extreme Nitpicking Alert. Yes. <laughs> First That's off, what the internet is for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like something you once said uh, that the, 
in the movie Clerks, there's a really comedic scene where they they're overthinking the way the Death Star was built. Yeah, and it's funny because they're overthinking it. Now that's a career. <laughs> we do it. We're that's, doing it right uh, now. Uh, so uh, first off, I love your podcast. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. I discovered it on Twitter about a month or so ago. It was the master episode that was retweeted, yeah. and I've been hooked ever since. I was listening to your Wonder Woman episode, and when you guys are talking about one of the writers, Whitney got his MST3K episodes wrong. Oh <gasps> my G. Okay. Oh, Oh, snap. You're, you're fired. That's it. You're done. There's uh, nothing left for you now. I, I mixed up the unearthly and the atomic brain. The unearthly oh, I can kind of see was that. about a mad scientist, John Carradine, who was trying to implant humans with a new gland that would make them live forever. What Whitney was talking about was the old woman brain tra- with the old woman brain transplant was from the atomic brain. Okay. Those are really similar movies. I, I, but you know, as an MST3K we, we aficionado, we were I was wrong. wrong. We were, and I didn't correct I, you, so I'm bad too. I just had to mention that because when people get, when people, when people who get that wrong, even if, though it wasn't on purpose, it really grinds my gears. How <laughs> often the does this come up? A lurk subject like, well, how often does this come those up? Those are really similar, so probably but like, often. Seriously, how, but, wait, but seriously, how often do, do you talk about them? <laughs> she like, says, I just wanted to close by saying that you two are doing a great job. Oh, I wish thanks. I could show my support on Patreon, but my current unemployed status keeps me from doing so. Keep up the wonderful work. Don't break yourself. Don't like seriously. We know, we, yeah. Everyone who is don't who don't, is, don't make a sacrifice to support us. No, it's, it's not only, worth it. Only if you got a couple extra bucks. That's Thank what you, we're about. everyone who's subscribing mm-hmm. on Patreon. And remember, there we have different tiers. For five dollars, you get uh, the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie every month, where we do TV movies and miniseries, mm-hmm. and you get to participate in polls. Uh, but also, we have different tiers where you get exclusive videos. Uh, we're gonna uh, at the end of the month. Uh, the people who are at our top tier are going to be able to get their free t-shirt or mug, and I will be accepting mm. uh, your orders for those. Or you can wait if you want another design that we have maybe come down the pipeline. Uh, but we have a lot of cool stuff, and uh, I, you have our prize pack coming out the, soon. The prize packs are, are already. They're ready to really? go. Really? Oh, so, great. Yeah. So you're going to start getting those pretty soon. Mm. Uh, make sure if anyone – we're going to wait a couple of days on this. Mm. If anyone who is part of our top tier on Patreon – has an address change or anything they want to check us to, make sure you email us, cancel too soon at gmail.com, mm. put address change in the headline, because we want to make sure you get the package yeah, that yeah. you paid for. Not, Otherwise, do, do you, you, want, you should have given that on Patreon. Mm. If it's the same, we're just going to send it out to that. Mm. But otherwise, mm. we'll be fine. Yeah, they're ready to go. They're all yeah. ready to go. So, Excited. Um, uh, this comes from Cecil. Cool. Cecil? Cecil. Whatever you Either prefer. one's a cool name. You don't see enough. Yeah. Uh, hello, guys. I have listened to a lot of your episodes, and I hope to catch up at some point. I have a few suggestions, but first, I was curious about something. The first is there are about a billion cop shows on free uh, on free-to-air TV, at least here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Australian listening. Uh, is this because every demographic is moving to online content, or is it because it's the only genre my dad watches? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just because there's probably a lot of them. There's just a lot of cop shows. Look, there's, there's, there's a certain, mm. there's certain jobs mm-hmm. that just get more stories told about them than any other job. Mm, yeah. One of them is cop shows. One of them is doctor shows. One of them is lawyer shows. Mm. And it's because there's always something interesting happening the, in all of those, those jobs. Those are dramatic jobs. Every day on each of those jobs, mm. there's a story that might be worth actually making a TV show mm. about. And there's enough variety in just the types of crises that people deal with that you can never run out of material. There's mm. always some new crime being invented mm. or some new injury that's occurred. Or, so, or a new type of person who could be that type of... Exactly. Know. It's always mm. fascinating, and mm. so we have a ton of cop shows, and they pile up after a while, mm. and uh, we've barely scratched the surface of the, Cancel Season cop shows. The, it's, it's a ton. Uh, he says, even Limitless... 
the TV series, yeah. uh, the sci-fi movie about pills that make you clever, was a cop show for one or two seasons. Yeah, it was I liked the pilot because it changed the we only use 10% of our brains BS to something else <laughs> that I can't remember. <laughs> I did. I did not like that movie. It was like an okay idea for a movie, but all of the little nuts and bolts yeah. didn't work. Oh, yeah, yeah, the moving parts didn't fit together. Yeah. A, a cop show I liked a lot was Awake, uh, which was about a cop who didn't know whether or not he was dreaming. We have a lot he of requests to, for that show. He, so, yeah, that he had show. to solve two cases per episode, and it was really good from what I remember. The creators ended it in a Twilight Zone esque way, in which the producers said they would have to have undone with a new season. Uh, my second question involves binge watching. Mm. Do you think that because of Netflix and other streaming services that miniseries will become more popular? I think of Death Note as a show that I that only I would uh, would argue is still too long. Also, maybe Power Rangers, which is a series is a series of one season arcs with different characters. Both types would make be right for Netflix to make. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the way Power Rangers was structured was. In Japan, Power Rangers was a new series, like a new series every season. Yeah. It'd be like new characters. But in America, they had to sort of keep it rolling. So they would find connective tissue. Yeah. Try to yeah. reshoot new American footage to connect it all together. So, yeah. yeah. But look, miniseries aren't yeah. going anywhere. Miniseries are still a very mm-hmm. popular format. You can get a different class of actor mm-hmm. for like essentially three episodes of a show mm. than you can for an entire season or even more sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, some show, some programs only really work in short bursts. Mm-hmm. You only have one story to tell. Um, I, I it, think it, that... It's going to be fun. You're always going to have miniseries. The, the way of the American business model works right now, though, is if something is really popular, uh, producers move real, real fast to ensure that it gets some sort of permanent toehold in people's uh, collective consciousness. Yeah. Imagine if Stranger Things just ended. They're, they're bringing Stranger Things back. I, honestly, there's, there's, there's a little cliffhanger at the end of that, but that show but, could have been fine if yeah, it never continued. If it had never continued, if it was a miniseries instead of a series... Would have been fine. It would have been fine. Uh 11 was miniseries. Yeah. Uh, they're still making them, but, you know, if, if something's too big for its own good, they're going to find some way to continue it. Yeah. Uh, no series ever says, and we're done. Can you imagine if after, like, The Avengers Part 3, they just say, okay, man, that's it. You've had 22 films. We're done now. Yeah. No, that's unthinkable. For, yeah, you, for fans and for the studio. Like, they're just going to keep churning these things out as we, long as they're successful. At, at, since so. Lost kind of screwed up, Mm-hmm. And didn't really have enough of a plan to keep going off of a, for a mm-hmm. certain length of time. That's the show was more popular than they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. They thought they were only going to get maybe three or four seasons out of it if they were lucky. Mm-hmm. Ended up wanting to go forever because it was a ratings monster, um, and they didn't have the material for it. And the show really, really suffered. And ever since then, it's been looked at as, yeah, we need to not be lost. If we have an ongoing serialized narrative, mm-hmm. we need to know where it ends, and we need to have an agreement in place that we're not going to go mm-hmm. too far over that. And- and I would love more shows to pitch themselves as one season. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a Daredevil season two. It's just going to be Daredevil and that's it. You know, I've seen a lot of shows that pitch themselves as like mm-hmm. three seasons. Yeah. Like, like, or, like, or like Avatar The Last Airbender was three seasons. Right. It was, uh, you know, he's got to learn each of these different skills. Mm-hmm. He learns one skill in season one, learns the other skill in season two, learns the other skill in season three. Mm-hmm. Done. And it worked. That's it. It's great. Three act structure works mm. fantastically. <laughs> All right, got anything else? Got one more? Um, let's see here. Oh, and uh, he also has a pitch for time gimmick, 
if you want to hear that one. He even came up with a mock IMDb page that we can look at oh, if you like for no. time gimmick. Uh, oh, so this wonderful. is also from Thank Cecil. Uh, have you heard of a Doctor Who spin-off show called Time Gimmick? Oh, it's basically a better version of Birds of Prey following Sarah Jane, Leela, Tegan, and K-9. It only lasted five episodes, and having been watched the whole thing, I can see what they were going for. Uh, Time Gimmick, by the way, is something we asked you to come up with a pitch for. It's not a real show. What episode did we even come up with? That? I don't that even a remember. Long time just, ago. We decided that time gimmick was a thing, but oh we're still God. getting letters about it. All the threats came to their own town, which started a rift in time. Uh, the main character had an assistant called Mr. Smith and fought aliens and defended the town. The five episodes that were aired, he gave them titles. Uh, here's the IMDb page. <laughs> The Trial of the Future, one episode, involves Leela having to defend the Earth from bureaucratic aliens who freeze the Earth so they don't waste the time until they put it on trial. The episode Doomsday Clock is about a thief who stole a clock that was counting down to the end of the universe. Little did he know that if the aliens change the clock and they don't get it back, they have to start the universe over again with a new clock. Okay, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. That's actually like a Doctor <laughs> that, that, Who that episode. That is a Doctor that, Who that, episode. That's actually a pretty yeah. good Doctor Who The rest episode. of the episodes are on, on this list with descriptions. God, he wrote down description. This is amazing, <laughs> Cecil. This is fantastic. The reason it was canceled was interesting yet obvious. They split the show into two shows, The Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. The BBC often <laughs> makes short first seasons to shows, and I'm glad something good came of Time Gimmick, even if I would have loved to see more of this show. Well, thanks, Cecil, for the rundown and for the IMDb page for Time Gimmick. I'm so glad it's official now. Yeah, yeah. God. Um, is that it? That's it. Well, okay. That's it for this episode. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, and again, if you have suggestions for the show, feel free to email us, soon at gmail.com. Remember, canceled only has one L. Uh, you can also tweet them to us at CancelCast, or you can send us uh, via email. You can send us questions, uh, debate mm-hmm. topics. Do you remember watching any of these shows when they came out? Do you remember any details or trivia that we didn't weren't able to... Uh, locate in time yeah exactly we'd love to hear more because we're trying to especially with good shows like cliffhangers we're trying to bring them back we're trying to let people know about them and who knows maybe put put them back into the consciousness at least yeah if they're back in the consciousness people might actually demand them and then people might actually get to see them again it's really really great and i loved being able to do this one so everybody who voted for this show Thank you. You did great. And I hope that our next show is just as good, although I suspect it won't be. Uh, it is the it is the early 80s kids hacker crime fighting show, Wiz Kids. Wiz Kids. Wiz Kids. So, Wiz Kids. I've heard of squirt soccer leagues and peewee baseball. Sure. It all sounds like peeing. Just well, every, yeah. everybody's peeing little kids pee that's all that's the only message you get from from adults you're a young child and you pee you are made of well, urine I, th- think about, I resent well, it hang on hang on hang on hang on you're a father you've had to change a lot of diapers i bet you do resent the, the bodily functions of a child you know what he's my child i can't resent his bodily but functions. if they're not I'll your just, child like yeah he's, he's he, he, yeah. he pees i take care of it that's the way that that's being a father damn it it's the way the pee crumbles <laughs> Ew. We're done. Uh, everybody, thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at CancelCast. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash cancel too soon. If you can't afford uh, to contribute to Patreon, we understand completely. Mm-hmm. But if you want to help out, you can go to iTunes, leave us a review, or leave us a review in any way or else you find us, Stitcher, for example. Um, 
star rating, yeah, the, the comments. The more ratings we get, the more people see the show, the bigger the show gets, and the more opportunities we have to do cool stuff. Mm. Um, so that's something you can do as well. Uh, you can also watch, again, our match of the movie Trivia Schmodown. It was a lot of fun. You can just YouTube search that one and be be You'll, fine there'll be a picture of a, oh if they don't even know what they we, we look like we're we're credited as a team critically acclaimed if you can't find our names complicated you don't know what we look like um and uh, yeah we'll be back next week with whiz kids so uh thank you very much for listening and that's a wrap folks we'll see you next season